What's up, podcast? Just want to thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode of The Corecast. We have a really special one coming at you here. We talked to Performex Training owner and director and Intense Factory Racing team manager Todd Shumlick. Todd was an absolutely incredible interview. We talked about how we got his start in training and in sports. We talked about what it's like to train some of the world's best action sports athletes and then we had a little bit of fun rapid fire and then wrapped up with some really insightful stuff that i think you guys are just absolutely going to love so really excited for you guys to listen to this one and with that let's get started this is the Corecast by anchor health and fitness Welcome, everyone, to another episode of The Corecast. As always, I'm your host, Mike Carlson, and today I'm joined with a really special guest. He's the owner and director of PerformX Training and the team manager of Intense Factory Racing, Todd Shumlick. Welcome to the show. Hey, Mike. Uh, thank you. i uh, look, looking forward to it. Hey, we're excited to have you, and, and I just want to start from the beginning. You have You're involved in a lot of different things, and you're an incredible trainer in your space, but I, I want to go right from the start. Uh, tell us, you know, about your background, how you got to where you are, what kind of kid were you, what, what, you know, spurred someone like you to get into the world of, of training action sports athletes? Well, I guess it starts with like where you, um, you know, you build your, uh, your, your enthusiasm or passion to follow that, you know, avenue. And for me, it was just, uh, being a Canadian, uh, kid, um, you know, you, you played hockey was, was obviously a big thing. And, um, we did that. My brother and I, I have a younger brother who was very athletic, um, always like top of his sort of game, <laughs> so to speak. And, you know, I was probably the more methodical of the two older, um, you know, my brother always was the, you know, I, I always say the genetically gifted one, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, real athletic, traditional six foot tall, you know, he looks like, he, you know, look like a Tarzan kind of guy. And so it was kind of cool because I watched somebody um, just, you know, achieve a lot of really athletic, you know, ability and, um, and, and achieve some, um, you know, uh, a pretty high level of success, even in the hockey. But, um, you know, I was always like, you know, intermediate guy in the middle, I could do a lot of sports and do them okay, but just, you know, probably was trying to find my way in sports and, my parents were fortunate enough to take us down to California a few times when we were young and we saw this BMX thing that was just blowing up in the eighties and skating and all that stuff. So I guess we kind of broke away from the traditional stick and ball or specifically hockey. And, um, you know, we just like, what the heck is this BMX thing? And I remember my, you know, even a cousin of mine, um, introduced, I remember giving him us, giving us a BMX plus or something magazine. And just, I must've read that thing, like literally until the pages all tore out. And, um, and then, you know, we just start following that path and it started to blow up in the eighties and we started racing and we got our bikes. And next thing you know, we were uh, living right behind a BMX track and it just, you know, I'll, I'll save you the, the pain of all the details because it, it's kind of fun reliving it. But you know, we, we did it all. We had the BMX track in our back, literally, literally in our backyard and it just blew up this race club. And, you know, all of a sudden there's a few hundred members and lots of parents being involved in the full race club. And, and then we built this freestyle stuff in our backyard and it was just like, what the heck is this stuff? And nobody really knew this stuff. And 
my brother fortunately really took off with it and got onto a, a, a factory team with factory Kuahara racing. And because I was older, you know, I was, um, you know, required as basically somewhat of a chaperone. My brother was, you know, at the time, I guess he would be about um, eight years old and I was about, I guess, 13. And, you know, we couldn't really go to a lot of races, uh, you know, without my parents, let's say at the time, uh, you know, I, but as I guess uh, I remain somewhat of a responsible individual at that age, or I was forced to, by the age of 14 or 15, we were like going to some big races and even going down to the US and so on. And so I'd watch over my brother. And so I guess that's might be how this story overlaps into becoming a bit of a team manager or being a team manager, because I was kind of managing my brother uh, as his racing kind of was you know, developing and I was still racing at the same time, but, um, you know, kind of managing both of us, I guess, at a very young age. And, you know, we, there was no internet back then. There was no, you know, obviously no cell phones, What <laughs> you know, and it was like, literally like, you know, like you communicated your parents on a collect call once a week and yeah. we would go and, you know, they trusted me enough to kind of oversee it. Like my mom said, I guess I was groomed for this management position because I was doing it with my brother, overseeing his equipment, his bikes, yeah. we were going racing. And at the same time, you know, I had to kind of work for it a bit more. And so I wasn't quite as sponsored. So, you know, I actually started a little BMX shop in my, in my garage. So I had the fun myself. So there's sort of the business side of it. I understood how to maybe not only do the logistics, but I understood the business part at a young age. And I had a BMX shop in my yard or in my garage, uh, by the age of 14 or something. And, um, so we were doing that. And then, um, late, um, like in my teens, uh, high school was over and I was like, what am I going to do? And I just didn't know what the next step was. And we went down to California again for a, actually a road bike. We bought some road bikes, my first ever road bike. I didn't even know what, you know, lycra was and we end up getting you know crazy like pink lycra so that we wouldn't get run over by cars <laughs> you know run over by cars in la yeah. true story showed up in lax and then we just sort of pedaled around la with a friend of mine who was in the motocross world also kind of trying to make it um in canada so you know call it the action sports we were like i was a bmx guy he was a moto guy kind of trying to yeah. figure our way and so we pedaled around and uh, lo and behold, I, I showed up at some college, Santa Monica College recruiter was telling me about this new program called kinesiology. Um, and I was like, what the heck is kinesio what? You know, <laughs> and I met with a, um, you know, somebody from the college and um, they were just kind of walked me through it. And they said, well, you're kind of like an athlete guy. You ride bicycles and they didn't really understand BMX, but uh, and I thought, you know what? It's funny, but I see all the hockey players. Like I went to a ho so I went to a hockey school. I was still playing yeah. hockey. My brother and I had to play hockey. You were kicked out of Canada <laughs> if you didn't play hockey. So you know, um, you know, we had this hot, and I saw they were lifting weights at this hockey school, and it was um, pretty famous hockey school. And my brother again was good. Like he was actually mm -hmm. going up the ranks in hockey as well. Like he actually got offers to play semi pro, and so. Uh, we went to this, you know, Okanagan hockey school. I never forget it. And they were showing us lifting weights and running around tracks and getting us up early and telling us to eat oatmeal and all these things, which wasn't normal to us at the time. We just rode our bikes. 
And so that's what started the spark. And I actually had a, a, a cousin, the same cousin that introduced me to kind of weight training and exercise. He went on to play NHL professional hockey and okay. um, he actually ended up having um, diabetes at the time and they really didn't know how to control that at the time. So he actually didn't have a long career, but his mother was um, my dad's uh, sister and she introduced us to like the healthy lifestyle because she was really overseeing how she could extend his career uh, to be a professional athlete or NHL mm-hmm. player. So I think that was the intro, that was the spark to the fitness world. And then going down to California, meeting those people at the university. And next thing you know, I was in university a few years later, trying to learn something about how, let's say a BMXer. And then of course my friend was a motocrosser. So I was starting to like even have interest in there. Wasn't racing Mm -hmm. motocross, wasn't doing it myself, but BMXing and um, you know, I got a dirt bike for fun. And then, you know, that was sort of my, my way into the action sports world because, you know, it wasn't very traditional being a BMXer or even motocrosser in Canada. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously California, that's, yeah. you know, it's like culture. And so I was skateboarding and everything else, even in Canada. And so those all overlap. Like if you bought a pair of bands, skate shoes, mm-hmm. and you yeah. were a BMXer, you were a skateboarder, you were doing all those things. So yeah, fast forward, go through a kinesiology degree, stay down there, work in the kind of like movie and entertainment industry, kind of ran into the right people at the right time. Um, Really crazy story. Ended up being friends with Arnold Schwarzenegger's nephew, Patrick Knapp. Introduced me to World Gym. I was getting like, I was broke. Couldn't go to a gym. Literally Mm -hmm. was just going to the college gym for free but somehow got into world gym was introduced Mm -hmm. to be able to work there for free on the weekends and help out like bodybuilders and celebrities because I had this new degree that nobody really knew about was, you know, like they couldn't even pronounce it. Well, you know, kinesiology, was that a physiology guy or, and I I guess it was finding its own way at the time kinesiology that is. And so I was seeing how it was the application of let's say fitness development at the same time, therapeutic, So Mm -hmm. I literally think this conversation is important because we were really using pulley systems. Like I'm not even exaggerating. I'll never forget that I understood the therapeutic purposes of exercise. So let's say shoulder internal versus external, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, hip flexion versus hip extension. So believe it or not, my brand Performex was kind of coined just within a few years after um, my kinesiology degree, because, well, I kind of heard the word being used by myself and my professor at at, um, uh, Santa Monica college. He, he remembers calling, you know, I remember that we met up quite a few years later and used to call me Mr. Performex. (laughs) I used to say to him as, um, as a professor, Dr. Reese was his name, professor Reese. I would say, hey, if the shoulder can perform X, like mm-hmm. let's say internal rotation, shouldn't it be able to perform Y, which would be external rotation? So my yeah. thoughts were, shouldn't there be a balance in the body between movements? Like if, you're, if you have reciprocating muscle groups, bicep, tricep, mm-hmm. hamstring, quadricep, 
isn't there probably some sort of makeup, like let's call it between uh, soft tissue yeah. and, you know, muscle bellies. So meaning, you know, if you look at, you got reciprocating like hamstring quadriceps. And so I thought for the joint to have healthy function and to work at an optimal performance, I thought that an athlete probably shouldn't just strengthen quadriceps, let's say squat, uh, leg press, without some sort of hamstring development to stabilize the joint or better yet help the joint perform um, uh, more, uh, you know, uh, let's say uh, well. And at the yeah. same time, so I was thinking wellness, I was thinking performance, uh, longevity. Um, mm -hmm. So I kind of started, and that's where the pulley systems really started because there was obviously, you know, barbells and dumbbells were highly popular and then of course the machines took off like crazy you know like mm -hmm. nautilus was yeah. around life fitness and all these equipment i remember that being in world gym but i remember like literally there was like one standing pulley system and i think they just called it a cable crossover at the time right it's okay. like literally yeah two pulley towers on each yep. side i swear to you like i was introduced to this no word of a lie by tony horton in world gym wow. and Tony went on to start PX 90. Okay. Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. You know? So yeah, you know, killed it right with PX. Not like what? 10 years ago, the guy was all over infomercials and everything. Totally. Yeah. Well, Tony actually hired me once in a while to help out with his clients because um, he was like training Billy Idol and Annie mm -hmm. Lennox and Dave Stewart and like Tom Petty he had all these yeah. big celebrities, but he was a real like aesthetic fitness mm -hmm. guy. Like, you know, yeah. I'm not going to call him a bodybuilder, but he was like, you know, he knew how to have somebody look great. Yeah. And my focus was more like, okay, that person's kind of got a bad knee in their hip and oh. So I started being introduced to World Gym. Like I was introduced to Ozzy Osbourne. He wanted to play, mm -hmm. you know, and he was like, um, all these celebrities were like, uh, he's got a bad He's got a bad knee from playing soccer. And then next thing you know, the music industry took off for me. And I was working with these heavy metal groups and literally, and I was training a guy I thought was Vince Neil from Motley Crue for two weeks before I found out it was actually a guy named Mike Tramp from a band called White Lion. It was hilarious because I called him, <laughs> I literally called him Vince for two weeks before he asked mm -hmm. me one day, why you call me Vince? But yeah, I was like, well, you got long blonde hair, but uh, <laughs> anyways, you know, so that kind of, kind of put me on the map, so to speak, because you start working with these people. This is way before social media, mm -hmm. you know, obviously <laughs> before you had websites and, you know, you just, it's all word of mouth. Yeah. And people would call you, you like literally you young people, we used to have like address books and you would write somebody's name down in your address <laughs> and you didn't yeah. put it in your cell phone. You didn't have contacts. And so, mm -hmm. yeah, this dates me. I'm 52 years of age. So, you know, this is how you made these, you know, and so I, I always believed your networking was, it was more limited, but it was also really well-established because if somebody took the effort to write you a letter seriously or totally. call you or show up and actually have meetings, you know, you really connected with people back then. And so after the whole celebrity thing and the music, and I made a little bit of money, you know, I decided I was tired of that and I went to Canada and I went back. So this is like, in the U S for like six years school okay. took like three and a half 
for it. Mm -hmm. I kind of did the summers, everything. I just had to cram it in. And the, the, the entertainment industry was pretty good for me. And it allowed me to put some money back in the bank, pay off my loans. And I went straight back to Canada. And my aunt and uncles were like, uh, same healthy aunt that got me into like eating well. And her son was an NHL uh, player, um, said, we have a, a strip mall location in a place mm -hmm. called Canmore, Alberta. And it was just a few years past the Olympics. Um, the Olympics were in Calgary in 1988. And so Canmore was like um, just like 45 minutes away. And a lot of the events were held from the 88 Olympics there, the winter Olympics that is. And there was a pretty good residual of Olympic athletes, like a lot of locations, they end up residing or staying in these locations because of all the training facilities that are yeah. built. And so she's like, you probably really love this community. There's so many athletes and you've got this kind of like new at, they almost called it new age sort of education on, on fitness. Yeah. So I came back to this with this, this kinesiology degree and I'm, luckily the resources of the, you know, a little bit of money to put a gym together and like, again, I can remember ordering my gym up and only a 2,200 square foot facility. And I had, okay. I had two, uh, cribble crossovers or let's call it pulley systems. So I literally had two of them. I was like the only, like, it was kind of weird. I like other people would put like multiple leg presses in and all kinds of apparatuses. Anybody re would remember my old gym. I had very limited number of machines, but I mm -hmm. had free weights, um, barbells, dumbbells, and like four individual pulley towers and gotcha i'm i'm not going to you know blow my own horn but i can remember like in 93 using exercise balls like i had bought and they were actually exercise balls i bought from toys r us um, wow. <laughs> like before the swiss ball before it was yeah. called a swiss ball a training ball they were a toys r us and i'm not going to pretend that i thought of the idea I actually saw somebody in the California that was using them for like, um, like torso exercises, like crunches, yeah. and, you know, torso flexion, torso extension totally. and stabilization guys like mm -hmm. kneeling on the ball, trying to balance. And so I kind of just took all that stuff and I, you know, with, with, you know, with a half a brain, I, I kind of thought I better be creative. And I went up there and I knew I was going to be up against some pretty stiff, you know, uh, competition in the sense yeah. of these athletes are probably being trained by some of the best, they're Olympic athletes. So I just really wanted to think outside the box. And I really would like to say I was always my behavior from a child was creativity and always just trying to totally. not follow a traditional path. So yeah, we established a training facility and we called it the Northern Athletic Club. Believe it or not, the name was all about, I saw people from the US, like all my clientele hence why i called it the northern athletic club i saw people coming up i actually didn't even call it a gym or a fitness center mm -hmm. it was an athletic club and i was going to bring athletes up from the from the south and um sure enough it was really weird the movie industry actually ended up being um in canmore um okay. a lot filming on location legends of the fall big movie with brad pitt so on. Mm -hmm. they use my <laughs> really weird guys from the movie set showed up and asked to rent my gym. I actually knew the guy from California. How weird, wow. you know, we, we were like, Hey dude, I haven't seen you for a couple <laughs> of years. 
So I was kind of sucked back into it a little bit and it was good again. It was good. It was, you know, obviously the money was there with this, this industry, but I was already starting to work with NHL players and introduce a lot of this therapeutic style training. And, you know, I did it for a couple of years and I had some pretty big NHL players, uh, Curtis Brown, Wade Belak, uh, rest in peace, unfortunately. Um, and a few others that were top uh, guys coming up. And um, I, I, I kind of was like, I kind of lo- forgot about, you know, the BMF, like mm-hmm. I shouldn't say I forgot about it, but I hadn't really participated, um, you know, obviously as a BMXer or a cyclist. And, you know, I was in this athletic town, but I was like, I want to make my way back to the, you know, let's say the two wheelers. And yeah. so I literally uh, at the th- age of 30 got a motocross bike, uh, you know, and, and wow. bought a mountain bike. I can remember buying those like within the same like kind of month. And, mm-hmm. you know, I was like, okay, I can afford to do this. I can take some time for myself. And I got a motocross bike and I've got a mountain bike. And all of a sudden I just started meeting people in those industries and I'll save you the long story, but I basically met the big motocrosser in Canada. Wow. And then who ends up being also the world's best snowmobile racer, Blair Morgan. Mm-hmm. And Blair just took a risk with me. He knew I was working with NHL players uh, through a friend of a friend. Somebody said, Hey, this guy's like the best motocross guy. Um, he's also the, uh, he was like three time snow cross world champion. Okay. And he said, can you go meet him at a race? I met him at a race. We hit it off. And he was into this idea of the type of training we were going to do. And like, probably my real kickstart mm-hmm. to the action sports is due to Blair Morgan. Like, I mean, gotcha. he was a rock star with, uh, um, X games, um, mm-hmm. uh, five time gold medalist or six yeah. time. Sorry, I forget the number. Um, X Games gold medalist. So at the time, he was like, I, he was ahead of, there was no, you know, it wasn't no Sean White yet. There was, um, mm-hmm. you know, Tony Hawk was just starting to win the, the, the summer X Games and gotcha. Blair was winning the winter X Games. Okay. So the introduction there was huge, like going to X Games and meeting all these action sports. I mean, it's kind of weird because I kind of talked to a trainer recently and I said, you have to do your, you know, you have to do your due diligence and you have to put in mm-hmm. the hard time. I'd say I did, but at the same time, I'd be lying if I didn't admit it. I wasn't fast tracked yeah. quickly with Blair. Like, I mean, I do remember going to races with limited budgets and, you know, sleeping on couches and doing all that. I'm not just, you know, you know, I'm not just making it sound harder, but at the same time, like I got one of the biggest action sports athletes right out of the gate with Blair mm-hmm. Morgan. And so Next thing you know, I, he was telling me to help the rest of his team. So I was actually helping their full snowcross team, the Skidoo um, mm-hmm. race team. So there was like up to four to six athletes. Plus he was racing summers in motocross. So we're like, what a perfect athlete. Kept me busy all year round. Yeah. And he was on the factory um, Honda team and eventually turned into the factory Yamaha team. And um so in Canada, but then we would go and we would race in the winters in between some of the snow cross in these, you know, indoor events called supercross. Yeah. And I was just being introduced. So really I was in the motocross snow, um, snow cross and supercross, let's call it motorsports for boy, a good 12 years. Okay. And you know, I'll just, again, 
fast forwarded through that and it was great. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I helped assist, like, I think we were like, I, I think I was involved in 12 championships over wow. a 15 year run. That's so incredible. I, I, yeah. And it was good run for me because I had all the kind of best athletes in the motocross. And so you kind of establish a name brand for yourself and mm -hmm. One day I was, you know, I was starting, and then these athletes were starting to get these Red Bull contracts. This was really new. Like I remember yeah. when, like, the first guys were getting like, what's this Red Bull thing? And it was like <laughs> weird drink from like, from Asia and like, yeah. you know what I mean? And I think it was Thailand specifically. And, and then all of a sudden guys were getting their helmets painted and then Red Bull asked me if I would like, and then the athletes were getting funding from this and they were like, Hey, can we, we'd rather give the money into training. And so mm -hmm. The next thing you knew, I had a Red Bull guy asking me if I would help a mountain biker out. Gotcha. And I was like, well, yeah, it sounds like my my background a bit more. I wasn't like a lot of the mountain bike guys were starting to get trained like cyclists. Mm -hmm. So I think they were getting the assistance of like the typical trainers that were training road bike athletes. Like, so obviously a lot of pedaling, mm -hmm. a lot of cardio, yeah. you know, and I came from this BMX moto background and so i saw the downhill mountain bike athlete is more of a motocrosser because i saw them using their upper body a lot more and it was more than just pedaling and i saw pedaling fitness being important so the cardio side and i studied it quite extensively and of course working with you know even nhl players i had to learn on that side yeah. but um you know i started using more of my methods from moto and the first athlete I had for mountain biking, again, another pretty strong athlete was a Stevie Smith and Stevie, you know, it kind of was the perfect storm for me again. He was like 20 something in the world. Mm -hmm. And Rudd both said, we haven't had success getting a trainer for this guy. He's nearby you on the Island. Um, would you get together with him? We yeah. just got him signed as a Red Bull athlete um, we hit it off the way we approached our training. He, I think coming from the BMX side and not being just the traditional trainer and I'm putting my fingers in quotes, <laughs> you know, you know it, at the time it was these hardcore guys in track suits and whistles and military, exactly. you know, like stop and give me 20 kind of guys. You know what I, mean? <laughs> I was yeah. just like, dude, I grew up listening to punk rock and BMX <laughs> and mm -hmm. skateboard shoes. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and I was like, I kind of thought that I kind of, maybe understood how to keep these guys interested in what we were doing sure. and motivated. So it worked out great with Stevie. Um, we had a six year run. Mm -hmm. I, I kind of just gassed and told Red Bull, I think this guy needs five years to win a championship mm -hmm. 20th in the world. There was like 80 of the best guys around the world trying to make it. And yeah. it's a pretty big tour, right? It gets totally like, 50 million viewers on Red yeah. Bull TV at this point, you know, or more, it's more like a mm -hmm. hundred million per year. And guys were making a career. Sure enough, five years down the road, um, we won the world championship, him and I. So he wow. won the world Cup series mm -hmm. and that was uh, my final year. And um, unfortunately Stevie passed away in a motorcycle accident sometime after that, but it introduced me to a lot of athletes and through him and through Red Bull, I ended up having these actually go back about five years ago. And I had like, you know, I kind of was leaving the moto industry and gotcha. not to say this wrong, but I was kind of in the 
the B leagues of moto Canada, you know, mm-hmm. and if I really wanted to make it in the big leagues in the motocross training, I basically had to move to the U S and as a Canadian and loving the mountains, I just couldn't see myself living in the meccas of motocross, which is like Florida or California, albeit gotcha. I was there big parts of my winter. So um, being a Canadian loving the mountains, it just seemed like a natural fit to go into the mountain bike thing. And I kind of got stepped right into the, 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 you know, the a leagues, let's call it yeah. world cup level athletes. And mm-hmm. um, you know, and it kind of took off. I just, you know, I had up to like 15 world cup athletes. Like mm-hmm. uh, at times I had, you know, uh, 15 of the, of, 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 let's say the top thirties uh, in the world and women, men, juniors. And so somewhere along the way, I was asked to develop this kind of breaks into the race team thing. I yeah. guess I all of a sudden was in the, mo- when I was doing the moto thing, I was asked to develop some riders for factory KTM racing. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the team worked out really good. We had great success and, I'll fast track forward. When I got to the mountain bike industry, somebody asked me the same thing. They said, would you develop like a little side team? And I thought, what the heck? I'll put my brand on it, perform it. Totally. And then it's the, the sponsor at the time, it was um, uh, Da Vinci Bicycles. Okay. Um, they were like, hey, we'll give you a few bikes. You're working with the top mountain bike athletes. Why don't you, you, you seem like you could probably develop the next generation of riders for us, like the, the real young yeah. athletes, you're already traveling to world cups. Mm-hmm. These guys could travel with you while you still have the big athletes you're training. Maybe you can wear a second hat. Yeah. This like little team manager. And of course my background was with my brother managing his little race. Totally. Race. So it seemed like a natural fit and it was easy. It was like one or two athletes. They would, they couldn't even rent cars in Europe, you know? Mm-hmm. So I was old enough to rent cars and responsible enough to make sure, you know, we were getting to the airport <laughs> races and feeding them and blah, blah, blah. It was, it was pretty mellow. Yeah. But the team went so well that fast track forward. Next thing you know, I'm being offered owner and manager of Norco factory racing, which okay. you know, Norco brand is one is the largest bicycle brand in Canada and yeah. one of the bigger brands globally. And my wife and I said, okay, we can do this. Mm-hmm. We're going to be owners, managers of Norco factory racing. And we, and we did it for four years while I was yeah. still perform X training guy, but mm-hmm. the team kind of got so big and it was, it, 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 you know, it kind of exploded for us as a career and a job and whatever else that I knew I had this sort of not so much detuned perform X, but I had to uh, limit the amount of athletes. And so yeah. I kind of cut the field down a little bit of or the roster of riders obviously focused a lot of, on my team, my mm-hmm. riders, all, totally. the riders, all the riders on Norco factory racing were training under Performex. Yeah. Format mine. It wasn't totally. <laughs> I didn't say if you want to ride for my team, you have to train with me. No, it was yeah. totally the riders option. In fact, one of the racers, one of the years I said, no, go do this thing with your other trainer that you used to work with, just to experiment. For and sure. it was great. So we went through four years. Last year, we thought we were just going to, we knew that Norco was going to take over the team again, factory in-house. Mm-hmm. And we thought we would just dive right back into Performex full-time. 
where our plans are to go online with Performax training and offer it. And, and, you know, our niche or our focus will be moto, yeah. uh, you know, mountain bike, obviously, uh, I do have a, a couple skiers and, um, other action sport athletes. So kind of focus on that action sport world. Um, mm-hmm. but we were kind of sucked back into the mountain bike thing a bit as management because my lead athlete, um, you know, uh, let's call it, um, uh, Aaron Gwynn, who's yeah. with me now eight years and, you know, five time world cup, uh, series champion, uh, knew he was going to make some changes in his race program, um, team, you know, team program. And he wanted to take on an endeavor and, and, you know, own his own team. And mm-hmm. so he knew how I managed my, um, Norco factory racing team. And obviously already had a relationship with him as a trainer. And he said, would you and, you know, Kathy, my wife come on and manage his program on a multi-year deal. So, that's where in the middle of now we're, wow. we're, we're managing his team while still operating Performex training. Again, two separate hats. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I assist, um, you know, two of the three riders on our team, Aaron, obviously. Mm-hmm. And also we have a young rider named Seth Sherlock on the team um, who's local, which is ideal, okay. you know, a, a Squamish resident. He totally, he's our young guy. So I work with him quite closely. And then we have a third rider, Nico Mullally, who um, I've assisted on the side here and there and advised with his trainer. And he's got great support from his trainer as well. Um, and um, when then we entered this very, you know, odd year for all of us globally, obviously, you know, in March, our, our, mm-hmm. our, all of our worlds changed. And uh, here we are now and, you know, met wow. you guys through... Um, you know, to be honest with you, I communicated with a couple other trainers, as you know, mm-hmm. uh, D. Tidwell and uh, Johnny Thompson. Yep. Two other well-known names in the mountain bike, you know, training world and, and yeah. even moto with both guys. And, you know, we were at a time in our age, I guess, where I, I hope you kind of start removing some of your ego and, you know, and you, you start you know, I don't know, you, you start reevaluating a lot of things in life. And, and I, I kind of going to be, be, be honest. I, I, mm-hmm. I kind of was the instigator of it. I, I actually reached out to both guys and said, yeah, Hey, we all have our own separate businesses and we're competition, but I think there's strength in numbers. And if the three of us totally. get together and have a zoom thing for the athletes, like we're not competing for this space. In my belief, I think we're supporting this space together. Yeah. And I think that we can chat and we can learn from each other. And to me, that's the fairest way to be with our athletes too. Like if, you know, we, we, maybe they need, they need to make the decision and who they work with. And maybe at the same time we could collaborate on something. So we're actually working on something, uh, a, 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 let's call it a collab, um, mm-hmm. and a collective between the cool. three of us, maybe for potential, like, very highly focused um, mountain bike camps. And, you know, we're just taking it, you know, month to month, we're actually going to have a zoom here again soon. And um, yeah, D introduced me to you guys said, have you seen this anchor system? And I was like, instantly went online, checked it out. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, this looks great. Yeah. The pulley systems, but 
how is this thing going to feel? I mean, I mm -hmm. literally remember thinking, is it going to be like a resistance band? Is it going to be, you know, is it going to be highly progressive? Yeah. Not great because mm -hmm. I would like this more linear style load. Mm -hmm. What's the range of motion of the system? Cause it looks so compact and tiny. And I was yeah. like, am I just going to be dealing with like this 24 or 36 inch range? And is mm -hmm. it, gonna, you know, and all these, totally. and then you guys were great because I communicated and I was like, Hey guys, um, here's Todd. Mm -hmm. And I think the big backstory, albeit you had to endure one of my zoom meetings where I had no, to, they're all fun. They're all fun. Well, and, and I kind of said to you, you know, here it is. I, I, I probably get a little carried away, but I wanted you guys to understand my background. And it was like, yeah, I have Performex, but I also run this race team. And so my thoughts were first and foremost, okay, I've got this, uh, you know, this thing works. You guys had mm -hmm. sent it to me. I tr used it. I was like, awesome. I was like, okay, I can see the application for Performex training at my own home. Yeah. Well, crazy, right? COVID hit. Gyms were closing. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I, I don't know. It's kind of a weirdness still. Like I still, I've got a membership on hold yeah. in my local gym. I still haven't made my way back. Mm -hmm. It's been open for near two months. Yeah. Because, you know, like a lot of people bought some extra kettlebells, put some extra equipment. I'm also supported quite well through concept, the concept of rowing equipment, mm -hmm. uh, bike, and that skier, which is a great, let's call it cardiovascular tools as well, mm -hmm. uh, and training tools. And so this to me was a great compliment, this anchor training system, because I really wanted a pulley system yeah. where how was I going to find room in the garage? I was limited. So this came along. And so now I see the application at home for my personal mm -hmm. self, for the athletes who come now, because, you know, even the athletes can come over the local ones who I'm helping like Seth. I yeah. can do assessments with this pulley system. Like I can do therapeutic use with this. Um, I'm also practicing with it so that I can, you know, do more with it. Uh, when yeah. I, I personally, well, we, you know, we've already connected with Richie rude. Yep. My, um, you know, the two-time enduro mountain bike world series yeah. winner. And mm -hmm. he's built his own kind of home gym at home through all this COVID as well. And I was like, dude, you got to see this thing. It's really great. And so mm -hmm. he's, I'm putting some social media stuff up and, you know, he is great. He's one of my, you know, one of my most devoted trainers, athletes too. And so, you know, I, I saw this, this, this being a great system for my athletes who say make the choice in the future going forward where they just want to mm -hmm. stay home with their training. And yeah. I'm like, okay, so now we don't have to buy maybe a two or three, $4,000 pulley system. Exactly. Uh, also the shipping, mm -hmm. which I found out can be crazy. And also the space and yep. so on. And so I swear, I'm not trying to promote what, you know, you know, the anchor because that's what we're here to do. I'm just being like, you know, like realistic on how I saw it yeah. and, and, and making it like good for all parties in a sense. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to also tell athletes, Oh, use this thing. And it's just not as good as a pulley system. Totally. So, um, so now 
I see the application just being like great for myself, my athletes at home. Mm-hmm. Um, now that's the Performex training. I'm also excited about bringing this uh, system with me to Europe when we're racing because primarily, yeah. you know, our intense factory racing team, which I manage is a, let's just say European based race team. Like next year mm-hmm. in 2021, we have two North American races, one in okay. um, Snowshoe, West Virginia and gotcha. one in Canada, which is happens like yearly and at mm-hmm. uh, Mount Saint Anne, Quebec. It's a very traditional race. So otherwise the other, let's say six events we have potentially going to be seven are in Europe. And so okay. travel is huge. So mm-hmm. we have vans and trailers in our race program over there, but we basically obviously fly to events mm-hmm. um, and the mechanics and sometimes myself will drive the vans around to Europe. And if anybody knows Europe, like it's obviously quite, you know, densely populated. And so we're traveling around and, you know, we go to these remote locations. So gym access is very limited because we're often um at uh ski resorts and in remote locations and you know it's even the local yeah. town if they have a gym mm-hmm. it's down at the bottom of the mountain and it's not yeah. really convenient to go drive 45 minutes an hour down these really tricky roads really? Yeah. to go to the gym for an hour but yeah it's a lot of times we have weeks like when we go to europe we might have a week off so we still mm-hmm. want to keep up our training so as soon as i saw your system again i was like well even dumbbells are in barbells. Barbells aren't realistic for me to put in the van because mm-hmm. actually, believe it or not, we have a maximum even weight load and we run those limits really close. This is just yeah. like literally, I remember with Norco factory racing, I couldn't bring a bunch of kettlebells or dumbbells because we were literally didn't have the weight space. So again, I saw this in, in your system and I was like, mm-hmm. dude, I can put this in my, my luggage. Yeah. It, 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 like understand this a lot of times we fly into location mm-hmm. and the van and the trailer show up two or three days later oh, okay so, again we're sitting around waiting for equipment to show up to exercise train mm-hmm. yeah you can travel with it i mean i can't travel with a rower in the plane no, <laughs> so here's where my my mind is working i'm going to take this anchor system i can be creative in a lot of ways with the mm-hmm. athletes therapeutically because they come away from the races a lot of times kind of banged up and bruised and you know kind of feeling tight as they would say yeah we we need to just smash out training sessions and fatigue them but let's call it we need to activate we need to promote movement Mm -hmm. we need to still do some exercise and let's be fair a lot of training is really the mental side so you know the athletes need to not go you know, and just sit and not like, you can only go for a walk and a hike and do some running and call it Mm -hmm. a day so much. So me, I was like, this is awesome. And sometimes I'm just, I see myself having the system with me where we can jump on the plane, we get into rental cars, we head into our locations. You guys have got the system where I can anchor it literally to the door. You know what I mean? Yeah. I can, I can, uh, you know, I can get the athletes in with me and we can do some training sessions. We can be Mm -hmm. quite dynamic. We can, we can get uh, use of them. So, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, wrapping my head around all the opportunities while we're traveling, 
also mm-hmm. I see it used with the team at the actual event because uh, like we're all being quite creative in these athletes as warmups. Mm-hmm. Traditionally, these athletes, as you would watch a World Cup event, they all just got on trainers, uh, yeah. bikes on, let's say, stationary trainers, and they would just pedal and get what their legs warmed up, their mm-hmm. lungs warmed up. But I've thought about this like, you know, downhills also, you use your upper body, use your grip, use your shoulders, you're mobilizing your hips. So I'm going to use this. And this is nothing new. A lot of the athletes, if you look at World Cup now behind the scenes, you watch Red Bull TV, you'll mm-hmm. see a lot of them using resistance bands. Yeah. For various. But again, the load is so much more. Uh, I, I can control the load with, mm-hmm. the, with the anchor system. And I can also set the load and it's linear and it's all these things. So, yeah, I'm really excited. Like, I'm going to use this. I'll attach it in the pits, you know, and, and you know, and it's, it, 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 it's, uh, it's good to keep these athletes, let's say, you know, I always say, like, head in the game. Like, yeah. you're training all winter, and then all of a sudden you go to Europe, and you're like, oh, all my training's put on hold. And not a big deal if it's three to five days and you're back in your home training facilities but a lot of times we're on the road for like three four weeks and for the athlete in the mental game if they feel like they've done like nothing outside of just riding their bikes when they've done all this winter work um that's kind of again the 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 headspace and we want to make sure we've got that and it's not just a mental game there is a physical um you know um need and um Mm -hmm. so yeah, the, you know, I'm, I, I kind of just was thinking, you know, I, I kind of rattled off a lot there, but no, it was perfect, you know, between the team stuff. And, and again, when I'm at the world cup events, I do, I, I do still do help other athletes mm-hmm. outside of uh, the intense factory racing team. So Performex does train some athletes um, outside of our team. And so in our pits, like, you know, I mean, I may need to hide these athletes out the back door, so to speak, but, you know, I'll connect this system potentially to our, like our vans are great because we've got these sprinter style vans and big tall roof and our star mm-hmm. pit setups. Like I've got lots of places to mount yeah. the anchor. And then, you know, there you go. Like the convenience totally. is huge for mm-hmm. resistance, right? Exactly. For resistance, for push, pull, hip flexion, hip extension, Exactly. So this just fit. This was just a, 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 this was a no brainer for me, man. Like, Mm -hmm. seriously. And I have never, and, and, and anybody can call me out on this a hundred percent. I've been like, we talked, this is my 25 year anniversary for for Performex. Congratulations, by the way. Thanks. And with a half a brain and I know people out there that have, are so high skilled, but I will say my strength has always been, um, you know, commitment and, you know, integrity, truly, you will never see me. I mean, go to my website. It's one of the worst websites out there. I swear to you. And it's like, I, I don't have a ton of product on there. I'm not promoting this supplement, that supplement, this equipment, get my discount from this company. Mm-hmm. I literally just support those I believe in my garage is you know the things that I I would suggest to my athletes that I use for myself Um, 
you know, I literally have the, I really believe in, in, in the concept rower and the skier and the bike. And I have all three. I, I believe in your system. Now I've had it for a few months. I've got the mounts connected to the outside of my garage frame, mm-hmm. my garage door, you know, and people coming over, they're like, what's those, you know, what's, what's those mounts for? And then I'll like yeah. show them. And I'm like, this system is like really cool. You could get this system affordably and conveniently and I can show you some stuff and I've been doing that ever since. So oh, there it is in a nutshell. <laughs> I love, Hey, I love it. And I, everything that you went through, I, it was just, I mean, from, from start to finish incredible. I was, I was listening intently. I forgot that I was, I think hosting for a second there. I was like loving all the stories and, and all the stuff like that. And, and I, I don't want to keep you too long. So um, one thing that we, we always kind of like to mix in here as a, as a fun way to, to wrap things up because you've got a lot of things going on. You're working on a ton of different stuff um, is a series of rapid fire questions. So these are kind of funnier questions a um, little bit more kind of off the cuff. So if you're oh, good to go with those, we can jump right into those. Why not? Let's do it. So um, if you weren't a trainer, what would you be doing right now? That's so wild because I, I never like, it's, I, can I say that sometimes when I hear the word trainer, I'm embarrassed? Oh my I, gosh, no way. I, Don't be embarrassed. Yeah. I grew up punk rock, right? Like it's like, <laughs> I, I want to be anti-establishment, right? Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? So weird. I'm always like, I don't want to say I'm one foot out the door, but mm-hmm. you know, what can I say that, um, you know, I'm a, I would still be a closet competitor. I would love to be. I love that. You know, like I would love to have said I could have made it in sport. Like, like mm-hmm. you know, I wish I would have had all the just natural talent. Like I had to yeah. work for it. And then you realize that at the end, when you got near the end, the talent still needed to be there. Like mm-hmm. to be like the, the, you know, one of those, you know, what do you call it? 0.1 percentiles that become yeah. a professional athlete. So I, I, I see like the athletes in that, that life that they, mm-hmm. I, I would love to say that would be my focus is um, being a professional athlete. And, and in, in man, there's a lot of fun sports out there, but that cool. would be it and be able to, you know, <laughs> just focus on trying to be your best, I guess. Okay. I love that. That's one of the best answers we have. I'm interested in your answer on this next one. What's your favorite exercise or movement? Okay. So, somebody just asked me this no way okay yeah they asked me this like uh, like a few days ago they said well, like okay if you, you 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 could only do and i like the way you said movement because you know me i think already a little bit yep i never talk about like people will often say to me well what 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 muscles am i using in that exercise and i'll say don't worry about what muscles we're training a movement mm-hmm. not a muscle group so i always like to train movements sport so if i could do one movement out there i have to be honest and it's not going to be the anchor system but it's going to be using a barbell and it would be mm-hmm. doing deadlifts i would say gotcha. for, now again this is not a one size fits all this mm-hmm. is what movement i would do at my age 52 <laughs> riding moto um riding mountain bikes i would do it because of the hip hinging the grip gotcha. strength the overall body use. Mm-hmm. And I would do that. That would be my first choice. I, I, I'm sorry, you didn't ask this, but I'm going to add it. No, it's okay. Go for it. My second would be a combination of, I would want the anchor system because 
on bad days, or mm-hmm. as you guys know, we've talked about this, I don't have a rotator cuff on my left shoulder. Mm-hmm. Big injury a bunch of years ago, they tried to attach all four, it doesn't work. Well, I know the greatest way to keep my shoulder functional and healthy and happy is to do a decent amount of, of dynamic shoulder movements. So with the anchor, I'm doing, you know, uh, arm adduction, abduction, shoulder, internal, external. And I do this movement called a she sword, draw sword, which I'll do mm-hmm. a little, uh, I'm going to do another um, little upper body workout soon with the mm-hmm. anchor on my social nice. media. But so that would be a close second because I don't see the deadlift being as therapeutic, gotcha. you know, but more, let's just say the one functional do it all strength and conditioning exercise mm-hmm. where anchor system would be um, therapeutic so you know if i was stuck on a desert island that would be a tough choice because do i yeah. want more therapeutic or do i want to have more strength and conditioning so hopefully you know that's what i mean by a moving that's target. a great answer that's a great and so far we've gotten two for squats we got one for bench and now uh i like i like your answer a lot so that's a great one this one is a, a little bit more of a, a fun one so you've just gotten done with a ride. What's your go-to post-ride meal? Are you, are you going to treat yourself and, and maybe get something, you know, like a, a cheeseburger hamburger? What, what are you going to get? Are you going to treat yourself or go with something more nutritional? What's your post-ride meal? Again, I'm not going to lie to you. Had this exact conversation three days ago with a friend no of mine. No way. He was a multi-crossfit competitor. Like yeah. Multi-time, sorry, um, successful champion. Yeah. And now moto guy. BMX, everything does it all. Yeah. He's actually my dentist and uh, uh, straight up. So, you mm-hmm. know, I'm making it up, Ray Kroon. And he says, Ray, Ray says, I love me. And he's this dude's like, you know, what they call brick shit house. And he's like, literally, like, uh, my go to uh, once in a while is a McDonald's Big Mac and fries. And I do it. And this guy's like, you see him, he looks world class athlete. And I'm like, yeah. are you serious? I'm like, I'm not just saying this, trying to sound good. I yeah. literally do not enjoy that. My go-to is a real fusion. I'm going to call it a smoothie. I, nice. I, my, I've got a vegan, you know, wife, um, mm-hmm. yogi wife, and and you you can do the math. Yeah. You know? So like we have like this this smoothie is probably like 15, 20 products, and mm-hmm. it's just a lot of natural products, a lot of things, and it's just so refreshing to me. So to me, I can't imagine that I would want right after a big, I, I feel like refreshing is the most important thing I'm looking for. And yeah, cold and you know, a, a greasy cheeseburger just doesn't, I'm not saying that, I mean, it's been a long time since a greasy cheeseburger uh, mm-hmm. from McDonald's that is, uh, but I guess smoothie, refreshing smoothie, mango, banana, and tons of, you know, uh, healthy stuff in there too would be with some sort of you know, uh, I've used plant-based protein powders yeah. and that's my favorite. So that would be, I, I, I think that's, I think that's a great answer. So I got two more questions here. So this next one is what is the favorite place? Um, you, you've been all over the world. You've done a, a whole lot of different things. What's the favorite place you've been to, um, throughout all of your travels? Literally impossible to answer like impossible. That's okay. It's like planet earth, man. Hey, I love it. I think that's an excellent. I mean, I'd love to see what like if, if I, they're out there searching Mars right now. So I, I'm, I, I'd love to know what. I mean, you know, I know, I, it, you know, we disintegrate in a microsecond, mm-hmm. but 
you know, like right now I got to say that like we, I've been so fortunate with this job, um, job, you know, jobs, mm-hmm. whatever to see the globe. And I'm, I, I'm, I'm going to take this moment to say anybody listening to this, go see the globe, man, go see it. There's not a bad place. I, 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 I treat life like there is no bad things. It's just, you have to make the most of that situation. So um, I've been in, you know, supercross races and in, 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 in like a, nothing against Atlanta or any of these places, but I've been there multiple times and, you know, it's a rainy crappy day and you're, you know, mm-hmm. hotel room and you're thinking, but you, you go to the art museum, you, you go, you go make the most of it instead of whining about what you don't wish you had or whatever. And at the same time, New Zealand's incredible, you know, yep. New yep. Zealand, like dude, like small little islands, uh, insane North South Island, uh, oh my God. Like, I mean, I don't know why, but <laughs> Queenstown. Yeah. And I, I said, I wouldn't do this and, and pick one spot, but Queenstown, New Zealand, put it on your bucket list. Um, if you're any kind of outdoor, you know, mm-hmm. you like swimming and like mountain biking, um, finale, Ligure, Italy on the coast of Mediterranean go to for yeah. me. So, um, yeah, sorry. I'll, I'll, no, I love it. I, those are incredible answers. And I, and I think, like you said, that the key is just, you know, it's, it's get out, go see the world and, and just experience all the different places. You know what I find incredible? I'm going to add this in right now. Go for it. I've always, just, I, want to, I don't know if other people have experienced it, but I find this just fascinating. When I ask a lot of my athletes, this is a true story. My professional athletes, I ask them where their favorite place in the world is. I always find this just like fascinating. And I couldn't say this. I'd often, not as often do I hear the same kind of answer from the general public. And so maybe this defines a little bit why athletes are who they are. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, elite, like, yeah fortunate enough to have some of the best in the world at what they do. And it wouldn't matter if they were rock climbers or tennis players or whatever. I think we would get a lot of the same answer. Mm-hmm. I asked them, I said, where's your favorite place in the world? And you know, like 90% of them or more answer home. Wow. Like they, an athlete lives in the UK in the middle of like, you know, uh, North of London. I'm just naming somebody Congleton. Mm-hmm. Where's your favorite home? He loves the roaming hills of UK. I literally remember asking this question. Another athlete from New Zealand, home. Another athlete from Italy, home. Another athlete from um, Whistler, British Columbia, home. I'm always, and not so much amazed, but I find that that's incredible. Hey, like, so is it really that they, I, I think these athletes are where they are because of that attitude. They make the most, instead of wishing they were somebody else doing something else, they have just said, I'm where I want to be. I love that. I, think I, I don't know why that's so fascinating to me. I, others might just say, well, whatever, but no, I think it is fascinating. You, you meet, I've I met so, and I, I've tried to emulate that in my life. Like I've thought, well, these people have achieved these things. It's not mm-hmm. money or success or fame, but they're very, um, they feel successful because they're achieving these things. And to me, it's like that reflects on the, even this, when you ask this question and when you meet so many um, when you meet people that, you know, will say, I wish I had that. I, you know, I wish I lived here. Totally. You know, I'm, you know, and I'm like, man, that's what I, and that was my motto always behind Performex, right? You don't get what you wish for. You get what you work for. 
exactly. I love that. I think that's excellent. And uh, we got one more question for you. So far, you have, I got to say, you have aced the rapid fire. It's been five stars all around. So this last one, I'm really excited for you to answer. We're at Anchor, we're, we're all about building strength and, and really no matter what life throws at you, you know, being a strong person. And, and we always love to ask our guests, these people who, you know, are at the top of their game, have worked with people at the top of their game who have made, you know, other athletes better. Um, we, I want to ask you, what gives you strength? What is the thing that excites you the most? What's the thing that gets you out of bed every morning and, and gives you the strength to, to attack the day? Uh, man, I, I wish I knew what it is, but I feel like, I guess, like I, I'm such a morning person that, you know, I've always, I, 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 I've looked forward to, it's so weird, right? Maybe to say this, but <laughs> I go to bed mm-hmm. and, you know, I, I'm like a nine, 10 o'clock at night guy. And I'm like literally trying to read this book at night once in a while. And I just like get so tired at night. I just, I really yeah. get excited about waking up each day because I feel like what I do is I get up and I go to my computer mm-hmm. and that doesn't sound super exciting, but I, <laughs> I make my coffee and I go to my computer mm-hmm. and I open up my world. And my world for me is my athletes that are positioned different places in the globe. So some are like nine hours ahead of me. Yeah. But like, you know, they're, they're checking in with me. Um, already later in the day. And so I'm waking up to that. Um, I'm also, you know, checking into the race team. And again, we're racing in Europe. So they're on, you know, average eight to 10 hours ahead of us. Mm -hmm. I'm seeing what's going on in Europe. And so I kind of like, wow, okay, here it is. So I break things down for me into like, you know, training, they call this like, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, not necessarily biorhythms, but people going into, you know, micro and macro sort of cycles you know mm-hmm. and so on in their training so that could be anything from their hourly to the weekly to yearly whatever right yeah and, and so on so for me what's worked for me is a philosophy that i've always looked at and it's like if you and i wanted to drive mm-hmm. from let's just say from where I live, Squamish to New York City. And I asked you, I said, can we drive to New York City? You'd probably say, yeah, yeah we could. And then, mm-hmm. you know, I'd say, well, how do you know that? And yeah. you, you would say, well, uh, I guess I don't. You just assume mm-hmm. that yeah. because our country is connected with roads and streets and everything, it would work. So mm-hmm. I'm trying to shorten this story up so it's not so long, but you get what no, I'm No pointing. worries, yeah. Without even seeing the road in front of us and actually proving you and I probably get in the car and we take the travels. We know we would plan something out. We'd be like, okay, who's got a good car? How much money do we got for gas? You know, do we need our, do we need documents? Do we need our passports? So you have a little bit of planning, but basically you would get in that car and to do this, you would have to start driving Mm -hmm. and you'd have to drive and plan out a little bit. These days we got Google maps and that would help us. Right. But in life, in life, we don't have a Google life. Nothing's telling you when you look in the morning, okay, what's Mike's roadmap? Yeah, there is. exactly. Yeah, You have to make that roadmap. So mm-hmm. for me, I've done that. I like every day. I've found for me, the best way for me to drive down that road of mm-hmm. life is to just deal with what's in my, my view. Like why concern myself the, the trip that let's say we drive from Squamish, 
Vancouver, let's say New York, why am I going to worry about between Detroit and Chicago? Exactly. Yet I'm not there yet. So what I'll do is I find I'll just drive. I'll look right in the 100 yards, 500 yards in front of me because that's what I can see. It's in my view and I can make decisions based on that. So for me, I get up in the morning. I have some long-term view plans, just like our drive. Mm-hmm. Probably take this spot, that spot, stay here, go that way, this road. But the reality is I find if I go to my computer, I look at stuff, I see what's going on in the day, um, listen to a little bit of input from my wife, get some input from my dogs. They need to go for a pee mm-hmm. You know, and literally wait for my athletes to check in, check on what's going on the team. I can deal with what's right in front of my view. I can make the most of that view. Go to bed at night, wake up, take the next portion of my drive. And I find that if I'm just looking straight in front of me, I make, I still make mistakes and I'm okay with it because those things teach me. But I find that I make a little less and I move a little bit better than if mm-hmm. I was to concern about myself too much about what's 100 miles down the road when I can't see it and what's yeah. just happened behind my path. If I'm focused on like, how are you going to steer a car by looking behind? You're just going to exactly. ride a car. So for yeah. me, deal with what's right in front of you and make the best choices. Stay relaxed, this and that. Um, and I'll tell you, leaving, you know, I had, Sounds crazy. A heart attack like mm-hmm. 10 weeks ago. Genetic stuff got a hole in my heart. Going in tomorrow for an esophagram, they're going to go through my mm-hmm. stomach tomorrow and they're going to wow. look at my heart one last time. After yeah. all sounds, MRIs, CTIs, the angiogram. The whole thing, yeah. Tomorrow is the final piece. Mm-hmm. And then I'm getting a conference call a week later and the doctor is going to tell me what the procedure is. They're going to probably go through my artery and my femoral artery, patch the hole. And we hope everything's good. So I can honestly say 52, man, this, this, this idea is more important in my life than ever before. If I've concerned myself about what, what if I don't make this far or that long in my life, I'm going to miss the day and I'm not going to make the most of this day. I'm going to be so focused on what's a hundred miles down the road or what's happened in the past this moment that I am in right now, and we hear it all the time about being mm-hmm. present and it's hard. Our phones are dinging in the backgrounds, you know, media mm-hmm. totally the world's falling apart because that's, that's sensationalism and, and we are addicted to it. And so I find, you know, and I find that right now we're, 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 we're evolving to a new world and I'm, I'm kind of cool with it. I'm like, man, I don't know about you, but, I've learned lots and you guys came into my life at a real good time. Like when I wasn't sure about gyms, I wasn't sure how I felt about a lot of this stuff. And all of a sudden now, like it's like truly all my relationships from this year are really feel, they feel very real. They feel very concrete. I don't feel like I've got any flimsy things this year. (laughs) I don't know what that means even, but you get what I'm saying? Like totally. All these things that have happened this year have you've other cut ties. Exactly. You know, because they were meant they weren't meant to be. Mm-hmm. Or you've really developed these relationships. And yeah. I think a lot of us, right? Like for sure. Relationships in, in your life, and I don't know what level of you know. No, it, it's it's been the same thing for me. Exactly. Everything's been strained, right? Yeah. Your job was flimsy. If you're 
if you cracked up a bunch of debt on your credit cards or anything else, mm-hmm. everybody has been forced to like, okay, we better get our sorted, you know, yeah, <laughs> fit together, right? Yeah. And we're doing that. And I'm, I feel like that's what I'm, I don't, I can't speak for everybody else, but I like what this year has done for Todd. And even through all the stuff I've went through my heart mm-hmm. and everything else, um, I feel like I'm going to come out the other end um, in a better place. And that's, I mean, yeah. that's not just optimism talking. That's like reality. So yeah. Sorry for all the long answers. <laughs> no, Todd, this has been like, you've, first of all, you've, you've aced the rapid fire flying colors, our best rapid fire that we've ever done. Um, oh, and why well, you say it to everybody. No, you, no, 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 <laughs> you did it. This is, it's just, this episode it has been incredible and, just the insight. And, and I think you ended on an, in a, just an incredibly strong, profound note. And I, I think it's going to resonate with people. It is because it's, you know, this year to your point, it's, this is where the rubber meets the road for a lot of people. And, and when kind of the going gets tough, you figure these things out and it's helped a lot of people. And I think a lot of people are feeling the exact same way as, as you are. So this has just been the, the, the coolest thing ever. We're for sure going to have you on again, because there's just, I feel like we could, we could do like a 10 hour, 10 part podcast series, just talking about everything. And we're, we're just grateful, man. Well, let's thank you. And listen, we're building community and that's really what we're doing in my belief. We're building community. I want people out there who have questions to feel free to reach out to me. You can go ahead and provide always mine. And it's not like, you know, Hey, here's my email. So you can contact me so I can charge you for something. I'm not (laughs) sitting back, sitting back here going, rubbing my hands together. I've got, I've got bills to pay. I got to make a living at this. And I'm always honest about that. And I'm, I I can't do something for free for everybody, but I am like, Hey, you and I have not once since anchor have I said, okay, I'll put this on my social media. I'll promote this. I want a piece of the pie. Hey, exactly. I I want that. I've said to you from all along, if you guys send me something, I'll play with, I'll try it. And, and we're, we're speaking like that right now, like we're off camera. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, literally, let me see what this thing's all about before I'll even tell people that it's my athletes to use it. And mm-hmm. I got it. It was great. And I was like, okay, let's promote. Okay. Let's put it on my social media. I literally yeah. use social media, not just as like, Hey guys, go to my website and sign up for a training program. I mm-hmm. literally told even Johnny and in, in, in D that like my first goal isn't to figure out where do we make our buck on this thing? I have exactly. no idea. I think if we, we focus on integrity and we focus on what we believe we can actually provide as a service, then mm-hmm. it comes back and it comes back it does. dollars. And it might be also in rewarding your own. I don't know. I, I love feeling good at the end of the day when I go to bed. So mm-hmm. that's where this thing is going to go with you and I, and with anybody listening is that like build community, man. Like we're here to support each other. Exactly. Everything else is telling us we're all fighting each other and we're doing all this stuff. You know what? That's okay because that's challenging the status quo. And I think we have an opportunity to prove that no, we're not all like that. And and, in everything that's going on in this world in the last few weeks. So I'm here, man. Like anybody listening, anybody wants some support, anybody has any questions you know, I'll tell you if you're being a pain in the ass, I'll say, Hey, listen, I can't answer this many questions, man. I literally told a guy yesterday. I'm like, dude, I don't mind you 
yeah, it, you want you yeah. want some advice on the on the on the rower. Here's a basic thing I would follow, but I can't you know check in with you daily because it's just totally. Like, I have to. I've got a mortgage, and they don't. It doesn't work that way. So <laughs> there you go. I'm excited about the future with you guys. I look we're excited too. Want to come? Like what we're gonna do with this thing? Um, I'm telling you right now. I'm so thinking outside of the box on what's to come yet with you guys. I um, love it. I'm, 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 I think we have tons of opportunities. So. Awesome. Well, I can't thank you enough for coming on. You've been an excellent guest real quick. I want to give you one. I want to give you a chance to plug social media. Where can the people find you on, on Instagram, on all the social media? I know you guys have a YouTube channel now, so I want to make sure we're, we're getting some buzz and getting some people your way. Yeah. I think just, you know, when you go to, you know, when you go to uh, Instagram, you just look up, um, you know, uh, at performx. um, underscore training or just performance mm -hmm. training and you'll it'll come up um i don't even have a facebook page i just it's my own personal todd Schimmel. <laughs> on there i've been putting a little bit but yeah, yeah. i decided to start a youtube and again same thing i don't know what the purpose i guess was just i want to like help mm -hmm. people out through um yeah. covid thing like uh like stay healthy we know the importance of mental health and all these things so my wife as a yogi and like we're doing a meditation um, video today and we're going to wow. post it on there. So it's going to be like a meditation part two where it's a relaxation. So mm -hmm. for people just wanting something, it sounds so basic, like, Hey dude, just chill out. No, it's yeah. that easy. So just like the anchor system, you know, I put the upper body and the lower body on there and it's just um, on YouTube. It's just, uh, yeah, just search perform X training and, find it on there and you'll see just just free there's no subscription rates or nothing and just come on there hey sure maybe someday it'll be bigger and i'll i'll i i would like to say again this is like my car theory i'm driving this car just one day at a time right now yep I don't really have an end game right now with this thing um as far as the even youtube channel or the even social media we will go online with our training in 2021 nice. uh, it, it's probably going to be a three-step phase, but I do want to offer, you know, my training services are basically been really simple. I offer mm -hmm. a basic, if you go to my yep. website, performxracing.com. And um, if you go there, you'll see I own a basic and I offer an mm -hmm. elite training service. They're not that complicated. You can just go on there and you can see basic is yep. like five programs for the year. The elite is kind of like unlimited. It's like, Usually I recommend 10 to 15 programs. They're usually yeah. small two to four week periods. I oversee, it's just basically the elite service requires much more of my time because I'm checking with athletes on a more frequent basis mm -hmm. and there are two services and they're on there and the rates are on there. And um, that's all I've really done. But I've had so many athletes say, well, do you have something I could just follow um, where I don't really need to fly out to you? Um, mm -hmm. I don't need, your participation is much something more cost effective maybe nowadays with all the media platforms and so on. And I was like, yes, I do. So that's yeah. where I connected to you guys more because I would like for athletes going forward to connect with me and I can say, okay, here's equipment list that you can get mm -hmm. for home. Yeah. Now I'll build the program around that equipment for you. And then they can do this at home and, and they can have a video series. So yeah, keep up on, perform X training on my Instagram for the latest, greatest, um, the YouTube channel as well. And, um, 
I think that's the best. Otherwise, you can go to my website, which I told you is, you know, quite crappy. <laughs> it's, no, it's great. Racing.com. And it's, uh, that's it. And otherwise, thanks a lot. And I, I appreciate it. And uh, like I say, community, man, we're all here. Um, and if we focus on that, um, I think we'll all be rewarded accordingly. Totally. Well, we can't thank you enough. And uh, we're looking forward to having you on again. 